This episode of The Gulf Abides is brought to you by Big Jerk Soda Company, made with love in Pensacola, Florida. I don't want to say anything else, sorry. You're listening to The Gulf Abides with Shanti Fury and Ryan Eaton. The Gulf Abides with Shanti Fury and Ryan Eaton. The Gulf Abides with Ryan Eaton and Shanti Fury. The Gulf Abides. We did that part already. Let's start the show. So it's my job the whole time to get you guys fighting so we get those sweet, sweet ratings. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was going to say I, earlier. I think that, that's, uh, that you could easily instigate some, uh, some drama. We had to start this episode with a disclaimer. Um, <clears throat> uh, we are interviewing the co-owner of Big Jerk Soda Company. And in the interest of fair and balanced journalism, I have to report that I am in a romantic relationship with said co-owner. <laughs> She's my wife, Peace. She's Jen Eaton. She's here with us today. What's up, Jen? Welcome. Hey, y'all. Stimulating. Do you have to also say that you're in business with me? I just did. I said you're my co-owner. Yeah, but like the emphasis was on the fact that you're married to me, not that we're in business together. That's true. We are also in business together. Job here. This is nepotism. (laughs) Yeah, you started the fight already. Um, I, you know. I thought it would be fun to have Jen on because, first of all, I feel like I am the de facto mouthpiece for Big Jerk Soda, and, um, you know, it would be nice to hear the perspective from the other half, and um, also, I probably don't ask you some of these questions enough about how you feel about being in business with me, and if we should just stop, or if you want to keep going, or whatever. No, don't glance over the fact that Jen is also a mover and a shaker. And also, yeah, that aside from the fact that you're a female business owner in our community, which makes you know makes you extra awesome. So we'll get to the doers, makers, movers, shakers bit later. I'm sure. Oh, you finally got it. Oh uh, yeah, it's you know 15th times a charm, I think. <laughs> so. so, how you doing? I know how you're doing. Chauncey, yeah. why don't you take the reins a little bit? We've been fighting all day already, so. So, Chloe and I got some donuts from Inner Child Bakehouse. If you haven't had them, they're really good. Where is that? It's not a, um, it's a lady's house off of Muldoon. Oh, okay. stuff looks so I'm going good. out that way tomorrow for deliveries. But it's, I think you gotta order You gotta ahead. order, and it's like only on Saturday and Sunday. It's kind of but like how Lido does their stuff. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. All vegan or some vegan? Or? All vegan. Oh, cool. 100% legit. We're off this Sunday. We should go over there oh, and that's such a good check idea. it out. you got to order before Friday. Okay. We can do that. I'll send you the link. Thank you. Actually, that's a, here, I'll actually read it. Yeah, read it out loud. Let's <laughs> plug this awesome local business while we're at it. Order online at innerchildbakehouse.com. That's innerchildbakehouse.com. Innerchildbakehouse.com. Say it one more time. Innerchildbakehouse.com. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. Uh, so, Jen, mm-hmm. I know what you do. I know you work for Big Jerk Soda Company. You're co-owner of Big Jerk Soda Company. Co-founder of Big Jerk Soda Company. Mm-hmm. This is true. Um, also, also brain mother of the 100 Years Tour, right? Yeah. yeah. That's another movers and shakers thing we can talk about that I was proud to support you in. Um, why don't you start there? Tell us, because that kind of ties into the story of Big Jerk anyway. With the 100 Years Tour? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, once upon a time, before Ryan was around, I was a young 20-something and didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. Uh, but I like being outside and I like the national parks and always love the idea of 
running away from my problems and taking a road trip and, you know, as Escaping. they all do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like, yeah. You always think life will be better if you could just get out of your town. Yep. When you're, and sometimes when you're, it is. Yeah. yeah. It's true. It depends good on your perspective. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I guess it depends on the root of your problems. Yeah. True. But I always, like, whenever I had, like, a bad school semester, I'm like, I just want to live out of my car or find a cabin in the woods and never talk to anybody ever again. Those, that was definitely, um, for me, one of the most attractive things about you when I first met you was your desire <laughs> to travel. And oh, I, I thought you meant that I love to run away from my problems. No, that I'm learning is more of a problem than I thought. <laughs> no, uh, no, I, I liked that, uh, that you were passionate about, you know, seeing the world, country, whatever. Yeah, and I felt <clears throat> like when I was a kid... We only ever traveled, like, to go see grandparents. Like, there was no, like, we're just going to go on vacation and pick a destination and go. Um, And, like, I grew up an hour from Pensacola. And so New Orleans is four hours from Niceville. Never realized how close we were to New Orleans until I moved to Pensacola. And I was like, how have I never been to this city before? Like, that's the kind of, like, insulated traveling that... Yeah, you're you're from Niceville. Right. Yes, little old Niceville. You were born here in Pensacola, though, right? No, I was technically born on Eglin Air Force Base. Eglin Air Force Base. Slash right. Niceville. But. I was lucky enough to get to go to New Orleans on a French trip. Like Ooh. a French, French class? French class. I feel like that's, that's a good the, idea. Like day trip. That's the easy way to take your French class on a trip that doesn't the, involve no, Paris. It was crazy. Yeah. We all drank a little bit, and the teachers just let us run around New Orleans. We, we wow. did some stuff in the daytime, but at night... Um, well, not, I say night, but it was like, we probably left at like 8 p.m. or something. So, we got to just run around doing whatever we wanted. The 90s were a much wilder time, my friend. <laughs> sure, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I love um, milestones and significant dates and all stuff like that. So, I was like, what if I did a road trip in, I don't know, like went to see national parks. Like, that's an easy thing to that's an easy way to have direction without just aimlessly wandering, but still having the freedom to do what you want. And then I was doing some research, and I realized that the 100th anniversary of the establishment of the National Park System was coming up in 2016. So this is like 2013, 2012-ish that I'm having these ideas. And I was like, okay, well, this gives you a couple years to start planning this and saving up, all this stuff like that, and then you'll just, you'll just go. You'll do it. And I didn't really know how that would look but i knew that that's what i was working towards like it's probably like the first firm thing that i'd ever decided for my life nice. like a major plan at and like then, 20 you were like 22 like 22 or 23 yeah. yeah um i was coming out of kind of like a rough time in my life had was supposed to graduate one year messed my life up a little bit graduated the next year instead but it all worked out in perfect timing and then i met ryan and I told him about my plan on the first date. And I was the first person you ever told. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. This is a deposition now. <laughs> Mrs. Eaton. <laughs> I don't know. I felt safe with you. I felt like you would think I was really cool. I felt bad. I pro- I'm sure I did think you were cool, but I feel bad because I, I still don't remember you telling me that on our first date. That's but, okay. Um, but yeah, we talked about it a lot more in the future, obviously. and then Yeah, and our relationship um, got, well... 
after we hemmed and hawed for a while, once we were actually together, it moved pretty fast. And so I was like, hey, I'm doing this thing and it's going to happen with or without you. So you should probably figure out if you're going to be around. I do remember you around it that way. <laughs> in 2016. And so I had proposed that day. No. no. <laughs> it was a little while after that, but we knew that uh, we wanted to get married before we hit the road and make that part of it. So we got married in October of 2015. 15, yeah. And then we left in June mm-hmm. 2016. So yep. Continue from there. Um. Yeah, so we were... There's... At the time, there was like 49. Now I think there... There was 42 at the time. 42 at the time. And then now there's like 49 or 50 um, major national parks, like actual such and such national park. Um, But there's 400 plus national park sites. So that includes like national historic sites and... All kinds of stuff. Recreational areas that are... Jen, what's my absolute least favorite national type of monument? Um... I was going to say National Recreation Area, but we had fun at that one Oklahoma. No, no, no. I'm not talking... Yeah, I'm talking about in general. Specifically. Southern, southern forts are my least oh. favorite. They're awesome, but in in July of any year June. in Florida or yeah. Georgia, it was just miserable walking around in the dead heat on those things. One thing that made it worse is that uh, we were staying in the van and not showering regularly, mm-hmm. <laughs> so you mm-hmm. felt mm-hmm. really... Yeah, so I guess talk about that part of it. Talk about the uh, the living situation. Oh, yeah. So we um, built out a little bed in our minivan, though so we had, like, storage underneath and then had, like, a platform bed, and... Uh, That's awesome. That we we had s- a, this is, tonight will be the last night we ever sleep on that platform. Yeah, we still have the bed frame. We just took it out of the van and put it in an apartment. <laughs> And we put a nice mattress on top of it, but uh, but yeah, we we went to IKEA yesterday, and when we were in Atlanta, and bought a new bed. Oh, you got a new bed! I'm very excited to that sleep on exciting. a big boy bed again. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. Did you try it out in the store? Did you get in there? No, we went online and just looked at all of them and picked the one we liked the look of the best, wow. and then That's knew, so bold. Well, we knew it had underbed storage, which we obviously liked. So it has yeah. these drawer things, and it's the right size, and it's got a headboard. There's not much more. If I would, it wasn't. We're using the same mattress that we always yeah. use, a nice Casper mattress. So what it can't be it, that different. What if the bed frame just falls apart the first time you sit on it? That would be not abnormal for me in my life <laughs> to sit down on something for the first time and just have it flop That's out what I'm like I a never, cartoon. I never buy furniture without trying it first. Well, I'm going to be the one assembling it, so I'll be sure to do some safety checks as I go. <laughs> Jen, go. Jen expressed utter disconfidence in my abilities, which really hurt my feelings yesterday. Not in your abilities. It just you matched with ikea furniture like the internet is rife with ikea furniture assembly jokes okay we shall see it's a challenge i did i did actually read a review that somebody was like the instruction said that it's best to assemble with two people and i think we should have used had a third person so all right so maybe we do it when you get off from work i don't have to be (laughs) stubborn about it but anyway off of that rabbit trail back to the hundred years tour so you know we hit the road and uh, the plan was to do what? I was going to tell you, no, I think that built-out um, vans are so cool. Like, when people build out a van. or My friend Mark has a um, truck that he's got all fitted out to be able to Like with a camper it. cap on the back? Yeah, 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 cool. yeah with um, a platform bed and then, like, a separate place for clothes and mm. drawers for everything. But it looks awesome. I can't wait to see it. He's coming up to see us. Mark That's Willis, cool. I think you met him before. Maybe. He's a tattooer. Okay. Ours um, was very simple. We but watched still, I mean, a ton of videos and 
photos of people who were doing build outs and you know you have like the top of the line people who are like basically it's a hundred thousand dollar vehicle by the time right. they're done with it with all the improvements oh, and yeah. electrical stuff and like those we had like a yeah on yeah. Facebook. and we had like a, a deep cycle marine battery that just sat under the bed and sometimes we'd hook stuff up to it at night and then it would just die in the middle of the night and yeah. then we'd recharge it the next day so we weren't professional at all with yeah. that but we just needed we had plans to do more stuff and it ended up just being like okay we got a bed in here and a cooler as our refrigerator and let's GTFO of Pensacola. Yeah. We had such a small space and we were trying to save money. So we were kind of, I think the plan was to be simple and small. And then if we found a need or had an idea like in practice, because I mean, I feel like if you follow any sort of van life yeah. account, people are constantly like ripping out their vans and redoing them. I should so. have done this. I should have done this instead. So yeah, that was part of it too. It was like, And what we found out, I feel like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but was that... We didn't really need much. I mean, th- there wasn't much more we could have done. Yeah, it was really funny. So we, um, my best friend was going to have a baby at the end of June, and we left at the beginning of June. We were like, we just have to leave. We have to do this. Yeah. And um, so instead Mostly of... Mostly because we had quit our jobs so, and <laughs> sold everything. Yeah. So. Well, we wanted to leave in April, coinciding with National Park Week, but... That just ended up being a little premature. But um, so we ended up leaving in June and we stayed in the southeast so that, you know, at any point in time I could get the phone call that's like, hey, I'm going into labor and we could be within a day's drive of Pensacola. Um, So that's why in the month of June we were going to all the southeast um, sites, which happened to be forts. I don't think we saw anything that wasn't a fort. I, in that first month, did we? Um, well, the Gulf Islands National Seashore is our is our home park with Fort Pickens, which has a and Fort, fort Barrancas. Yeah, that's true. And that's technically, true. there was Fort McCree, but you can't okay. that. But, um, yeah, I think you might be right. So anyway, but yeah, so there's the, lots then of forts. The magic happened. The kid was born. Blah 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 blah. Yes. <laughs> so um, my friend had her baby, and then we were like, "All right, it is too hot. Let's go somewhere new." Also, we don't know when. The wheels are literally going to fall off or the money's going to run out or what's going to happen. So let's go somewhere that we really want to go and that's really cool. So in case something happens, we can enjoy. So we basically made a diagonal across the country to Washington State. Um, Heck yeah. Mm, we went to Denver for we went to we were in Texas and Oklahoma and that was horrible. So then we went straight to Denver for the 4th of July. We were, yeah, we were in Lake Meredith, Texas, which is really funny because we've met plenty of people who have also been there, and we all, everybody agrees that it's a pretty terrible place. It was a joke for a while. We would meet somebody, somebody knew of the 100 Years Tour at Rocky Mountain um, because their mother was from Pensacola and had shared the article about us in the PNJ with them, and they were from somewhere else. But we were like, man, we were just the worst place. And they said, you were at Lake Meredith, weren't you? And we were like, yeah, how'd you know? Because it's the worst place in Texas. It's absolutely horrible. But anyway. I already have a very low opinion of Texas, so... Shh, don't alienate our hundreds of uh, Texas If you're listeners. listening to Texas, these views do not represent the Gulf <laughs> or Podskola Network. Sorry, not held responsible sorry. for any defamation against the state of Texas. Yeah. You don't yeah. mess with Texas. It says it right there on the stickers. You're right. You're right. So how, we, we, we got out west. How many parks did we end up hitting total? We hit like sites. 42 sites, I think. So, so 10%. 10% of everything. In, in how many months? In three months. Right. Um, so we, we hit a couple sites as they were like on our route to get to Washington. And then we did, um, we stopped in Portland. 
and then went up to Seattle, did, you know, Olympic, Mount Rainier, all that stuff. Um, Cascades. Yeah, we also... I'm actually drinking a drink underneath my Mount Rainier. uh, I got you these, Chauncey, because this was my favorite place that we went. Mount Rainier was amazing. For being a financial sponsor on the Patreon. Right, Patreon financial level. Chauncey was sending us money every month. Chauncey and Chloe. Um, But yeah, we um, ended up actually um, meeting up with some friends who were... Meeting acquaintances that were new friends, that were friends of friends who told us that somebody told me that a mutual friend was, or an acquaintance was out here, out there, out west. We had a couple mutual friends who heard of both of our journeys and were like, oh my gosh, you guys are doing the same thing. So we'd kind of been messaging back and forth, trying to see where we were each headed, and we eventually met up in... Oregon. Oregon, we had a beer, and then we went camping in Olympic National Park together and ended up becoming fast friends, and so they ended up going to the Cascades with us, and then his best friend was working, another acquaintance, was working in Glacier, and he's like, that's where we're going to go. He might even be able to get us a job. We're not sure. Whatever. So we're like, okay, cool. So we ended up going together, and... and this was uh, at the end of July, so we were kind of... We weren't out of money, but we were contemplating the future where if we wanted to keep doing it, we were going to have to have more money. So we weren't looking for jobs in Glacier, but it was on our mind that we needed to start bringing money in. To How do we trip. perpetuate a life in which we don't have a job? Right. Because um, we sold Jen's car for a few grand and my motorcycle saved, for a couple grand and yeah. we saved a couple grand. So we had a few, but that money goes quick yeah. when you're not bringing Especially anything Especially when you're driving in. across Just the driving. country. In a, yeah. in a 99 Chrysler minivan that's, you know, bottomed out with a heavy bed that we built and all that other stuff. And so it's getting like 13 miles to the gallon. So a lot of, a lot of, um, national parks and just outdoorsy cities like Park City and Salt Lake are kind of like this, but like, there's a lot of people who do seasonal work. So, I mean, you think about here in Pensacola, we have our huge season of for making money and a lot of businesses on the beach are only open in the summertime because that there's no point in being open other times of the year so places with more severe climates are exactly the same yeah so we met a lot of people who would work in a place where it would be super cold in the winter time at like a ski resort and then maybe another place with a similar climate that didn't have skiing but had a great summer thing they would work like in a the summer park. yeah and Glacier was like that. Basically, it was started getting really cold in September and then started warming up in May. So from May to September, that was the time that this little saloon on like the far western edge of the park um, operated. We walked in the first night. It was like a freaking movie. Awesome. There was like a bachelor party who was there, like just drunkenly group singing. Take, take whatever you think of a bachelor party completely out of the equation. These were like... Dudes that had done the river the day before, and they had like was the was the accordion guy there that I night? I don't think so. I think guitar. one of them had a guitar. Yeah. But yeah, we walked in and there's like people singing old timey songs and eating huckleberry pie and having cocktails. And when we say saloon, this is literally like a 1900s um, log cabin as like the 1920s, main. 1920s. Yeah, it was built in 1920s. And then like night um, as the main dining room area, there's like a bar and there's like a couple little like like tables made from logs and chairs made from logs and sticks like it's incredibly rustic Mm -hmm. it was awesome you know screen door that slammed behind you as you walked in um they ended up like building onto it like a kitchen on the back so they had food and so anyways our friend who worked there was 
introducing us some people, telling them what we're doing, all that like that. We get there late enough that pretty much everybody is off work and having drinks there, which is the only thing to do up yeah, there. Yeah, Pole Bridge was two buildings. It was a mercantile, which is like a little general store with a bakery in it, and it was the saloon. And then it was other people's houses and some pole tents and stuff that people could rent. So it was it was literally you could see the whole area of Pole Bridge for the most part, like the town the downtown part standing at the crossroads of the thing. You could see the whole place. And there's uh all the electricity was um, propane or solar powered. Um, There's no cell service. Uh, diesel, diesel generators. Oh right, internet was. Oh man, did, internet was there? cafe only. You oh, had that's or not right. cafe. The uh, mercantile had an, <laughs> a ten year old iMac, um, basically running dial up speed. It took like it took like fifteen minutes to check your email. So what, there was no internet up there. We had to go down to. We glaciers. would drive down the mountain. <laughs> yeah, we, we called it going down the hill on the weekends. Where we would drive down to get check our email and see what was going on on Facebook and stuff. Yeah, so basically the only thing to do was to um, go to the saloon or they had like employee, like cabin kind of thing. And you just hang out there. And so we met all these people and then we were just like, man, this place is so cool. You know, what is it like to work here? Like we just couldn't even imagine it. So we were like asking all these people. And then one guy happened to be saying like, yeah, I mean, I got to go back to school in two weeks or like next week. And so you have like the season was going through September, but a lot of people had to be back in school in August. So they were like losing employees. Well, plus that their, their former cook had um, had a panic attack and smashed another employee's guitar. And they like drove him down the hill and he's oh, like, hey, I'm sorry. That. Can I keep working with you? And they're like, nah, brah, you're gone. <laughs> you're no. done. So that was like a week before we got there. And one of the servers told us that Heather, the owner of the saloon, was looking for people to replace people who had been kicked out or were leaving. So, yeah. So we ended up um, parking our van out in this little like meadow where they had other like employee tents and cabins. And when I say tents, I mean like like those nice like canvas ones, like a lot of glamping places. Oh yeah, uses. like a wall tent. Yeah. yeah. We also had um, a cool tent that fit over, like had a sleeve off the one side that fit over the back of our oh, yeah. van. So basically, we ended up having kind of like a bedroom and like. Not living room, but space to change and actually have our clothes yeah, out. Yeah, because our sleeping space. Don't you room. have a tattoo of this? Yeah, it, Ryan Cook did that one with the the van and the tent. The van on the, and, right the tent. At, and that's at Mount Rainier. Is the mountain on my tattoo? I see. So yeah, yeah. So we ended up staying there. I would help them bake pizza crusts and pie crusts in the morning, and I served every once in a while. It was my first serving Break job. Dancing. <laughs> Oh, yes, of course. Absolutely. Serving fools. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was it was really cool. Um, and then, Ryan, you got a job cooking. Yeah, I, uh, I cooked. I did. I did that. Um, it was a pretty simple burgers and steaks and, you know. One night a week we had pizza night. Friday night was pizza night. It was really cool. Jen, like Jen said, they'd come in and pre-make a bunch of like 12 inch crusts yeah. and pre-par bake them and then i'd come in at night with regular pizza we had all the regular pizza stuff and then we'd do a special every week too so i'd come up with an idea during the week and we'd do a special pizza and pizza night was the night where i ran the kitchen all by myself or i headed up the kitchen and somebody else worked with me no there's a ton of people remember that was like the night that they had like the old people who like had been there for decades oh yeah it was it was like a it was like a it, it had the vibe of like when you're a kid and you know that Friday's coming and you're going to have a pizza party and a sleepover at your buddy's house. 
That's kind of what it was in this little town. It was yeah. the pizza party night. So the Heather that you mentioned, um, she had only recently bought the saloon. And before that, it had been like this family, maybe I think it was two couples at some point, who had owned this saloon for a couple of decades beforehand. And so, um, and they were locals, had lived around, had been going up to their cabins in Kalispell or in Polbridge for forever from the nearby town of Kalispell where most people lived during the winter. And uh, for years, just for decades, they showed me old pictures. Like, mm. it was wild. And so, um, but a couple of the ladies would come in and bake, including the old owner, would come in and bake in the morning because they had all the recipes and had perfected them. And then on pizza night, it was like four or five of these old employees who used to work at the saloon would come out oh, right. and help assemble all assemble these pizzas. And then yeah. you would throw them in the oven because it was... People would come in from town. Like, it was the night. People would come in on Friday. Some people would be like, hey, it's the so-and-sos. We're leaving the house now. We'll see you in 40 minutes. We know it t- there's, there was, like, that much of a wait that they would put their pizza order in when they left their house, yeah. get up there 40 minutes later, and their pizza would be ready. Yeah, so they did pizza night on Fridays and then, like, prime rib on Sundays. I didn't have to work prime rib day ever, thank God, because <laughs> that just looked like a nightmare. Yeah. But, yeah, it was yeah, fun. It was really and then, fun. you know. Life happens. We we realized that we had to go home for some stuff, and uh, that was where it ended. Yeah, um, but it's always in the back of our mind. And well, in my opinion, and I, again, I don't want to speak too much for you. I definitely don't want to speak for you. I don't want to talk too much. But um, the inspiration for Big Jerk, oh yeah, w- came out of the trip, and also Big Jerk. The reason for Big Jerk is that hopefully someday it can support us enough that we can get back on the road. Like, I, uh, Big Jerk is awesome, and I could do it for the rest of my life, but, man, do I wish, do I hope that it leads us back to a van life in a bigger, better van someday. For sure. Yeah. Well, in the Big Jerk van, right? You just build that thing out. Seriously, when I bought it, I was like, okay, worst-case scenario, everything falls apart. I default on all my credit cards. We put a bed in the back of that thing, and we just hit the road again. What's, yeah. What, well, what are they going to do? the Big Jerk van was like... The van we always wished we had for the 100 years Which tour. Which was kind of ironic, you know, yeah. get, getting that van because we, we ended up needing it for the business. and then, But, like, we would have loved to have had the credit scores and <laughs> cash to uh, to be able to buy that, that van, you know. In 2016. 2020. Yeah, exactly. But but I forget, like, I forgot. all the, the whole reason I was going through that very detailed thing about the 100 years tour is that at the saloon, like we t- said, uh, not much to do but get together in the evening and have a drink at the saloon at the end like the the bartender would kind of like stick around after hours just for we'd all basically spend our tip money yeah our cash on drinks all night there was not much else to do other than go read a book or watch a movie in your tent yeah so um they had um a ginger beer that was just like you could buy at the grocery store but it was spicier than most ginger sodas that we'd ever had uh-huh. so we would make all these that was like our drink of choice for that month that we were there was like these moscow mules with this really spicy ginger beer and so it was and, so awesome well, they were huckleberry mules too. So they had you could get like a little syrup. splash of huckleberry juice yeah. which is big up there um because they grow wild in that area of the country huh. um they're a hard to domesticate plant apparently but yeah so anyways we would have all these moscow mules and then when we got home we couldn't find this ginger beer in the store and Ryan was like, well, we've got the juicer. We already like to juice ginger for our juices. She's skipping about a year and a half before this happens. But, yeah. Yeah. And then we Ryan had it. some old homebrew equipment. So we he looked up ginger beer recipe online. We made it. 
and it was spicy and delicious and looked like mud but um yeah it was all brown sugar so it was like it was a dark brown ginger beer and didn't look great but it tasted really yeah. good yeah so one thing kind of literally led to another like we just uh birth were, of fight milk <laughs> pretty much yeah we were inspired on that trip and then even though you know things fell up not fell apart but even though we had to come home for whatever reason for many reasons um it still led to something else even though it was a couple years down the road yeah so then big jerk came about so this is the point where you get to tell your perspective of the big jerk story because everybody's heard mine or some people have heard mine anyway more than they've heard yours um that's true it's so i've don't think I've ever thought about this, about my perspective, because we always tell, like, the joint story. See, this story. is my point. In honest journalism, I didn't prep her with these questions. <laughs> I didn't pad the... I'm not padding the hard-hitting questions. Go for it, Jen. Tell us about it. Well, we were living in a super tiny apartment because we thought that we were going to get back on the road, so we moved into a teeny tiny apartment, um, and with the hopes of keeping things small, saving money, and getting back on the road... So that's why this is seared in my mind is because that kitchen was so small and so hot and so miserable. But this is where our memories diverge because I remember that the first batch of Big Jerk came out of this, the kitchen at the next apartment. That, it's I'll, that I'll, tiny apartment. This is your story, so go for it. <laughs> it was that tiny apartment. Um, and we live right around the corner from like a produce market. And so we were constantly going there for ginger and whatnot as we were like, oh, we think this needs this. So we were sometimes yes. there like three times in a day mm-hmm. getting like limes or ginger. Or just not buying enough of something. Yeah. So we made we made one batch of the ginger beer, but one batch was like five gallons because that's the size of the kegs we had. And so, of course, that's a lot of ginger beer to just consume by yourself. And you were doing jerky at the same time, right? Weren't you? That was probably about the time that I was doing jerky again, yeah. Jerky. I, I was trying to make that a thing. I always wish you had thing. gone the jerky route <laughs> and done the nice vegan, those button... The, oh, those are so good. Those button mushroom. I'll mm-hmm. make you a batch of those, buddy. Okay. I forgot. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll, you, remind me, and I'll uh, I'll put some in the dehydrator. I'm reminding you. Okay. You've been reminded. All right. I will try. Jen will remember. Jen's the brain. It's on yeah. the podcast. Last now. time we made beef jerky, or jerky in general, I was like, we should make some more of those mushrooms because they were I so think, good. I think I have bags of dried mushrooms right now that we can we use. We do. Okay. I we'll think you got out. them for that purpose. We didn't have time to do it. All right. Well, you're listening to Jerky Chat. Jerky Chat. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so we made ginger beer and then like took it to some friend's house, like, you know, invariably there'd be like a barbecue or cookout or something like that. And so we'd be like, Hey, we, this is our contribution. We can bring ginger beer. Yeah. I probably brought whiskey or something like that. People were like, wow, this is good. This is awesome. And then there was one day that we made a cherry limeade from scratch too in the kitchen. We pitted and juiced a bunch of cherries. Oh my god, I forgot about that. We were covered in red after that. We yeah. just literally sat. Our kitchen was also our living room at the time, so we sat in our living room kitchen and pitted all the cherries and then juiced them. Yeah, but it was really good. We took that one to somebody, and they were like, "Okay, this is a game." We changer. took that to the DKC barbecue that year. Remember, we made that whole keg of it. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Um, yeah. So that's kind of what ended up happening is we made the one thing. It was too big. We started sharing it with people, and then. That ran out, and then people were like, hey, you got any more of that ginger beer? <laughs> and we're like, oh, I guess we can make some more. Well, and plus, I was, uh, personally, I, I I wanted to experiment. I wanted it to look prettier. Yeah. And taste a little cleaner. And, and we both were in this place where um, 
I think especially for me, it was very discouraging and depressing to have started to live out a dream that you've had. And like I said, it was like a huge plan I had for my life and have it cut so short unexpectedly. Um, And so, and then, like I said, the tiny apartment, which was fine for the first couple months, but then like, as we got more settled, we just felt cramped and was really depressing. Um, And it was just, we were kind of working odd jobs for Ryan's parents, which they're in um, the wedding rentals industry. And so, throwing events is stressful and no joke. Yeah. So that was just, you know, stressful, a lot of hard labor sometimes because you're lugging like chairs and equipment around. Um, so yeah, it was just kind of like we'd gotten into this rut and we both were kind of feeling, especially Ryan, um, I was more of like, I'm just going to sit at home and be sad. And Ryan was like, I'm going crazy. I need to do something. I need an outlet. <laughs> and I think there was, and this isn't meant to be mean to you, but there was a point where I, basically told you like a few months after we got married I was like you gotta get a job you can't sit well, here because we were working for your parents yeah you were just doing odd job sold, stuff we sold um, <clears throat> we went up to Virginia to sell Christmas trees Ryan's parents have sold Christmas trees in Virginia for since he was a kid like so we went years. up there to help them run a lot because we were just working for them at home mm-hmm. and uh, when we came back I was like I can't work for your parents anymore sat in our bedroom for like basically a month and you were like you have to get a job yeah. Not because of money or anything. You, just, you seemed so down. You just needed to interact I with other people. I needed it, for sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we were all kind of, like, looking for something. This thing kind of happened accidentally. Um, at this point, I had gotten a job again. This was, mm-hmm. this was like, a year later. But it was the next summer after we'd come home that this was all happening. So, 2017. Yeah. Um, and, and you had you had gotten a, jo- a job or two by this point, and I had... I was working for my parents, and I was working for the Leisure Club. And um, as more and more people were responding favorably to the stuff we were making just randomly, and then, like, asking for it, we were like, oh, well, this could be a cool side hustle. And then it ended up becoming a thing, and it was... You know, we the reason why we left on that trip the first time is, like, we don't want to be a slave to a job that's just just making money that's not actually something that's our passion yeah um um, i'm which plenty of people do that (coughs) excuse me plenty of people do that and then have like some sort of like outlet outlet healthy outlet yeah which we didn't have and so we were like that was a huge instigating factor why we started living in our van anyways so why are we're back into that start like it's almost like we didn't leave we're just in a different rut um and so i think that was a huge like part of why we pursued the idea of Big Jerk Soda so much is that we were just like, it's something. It's something that's ours, and who cares what happens, even if it's just like a thing that we make every couple months and sell to our friends, and that's fine, which is kind of the idea of the jerky thing that we were talking about a minute ago, too. Yeah, our first week we sold four cases. We made 10 gallons, bottled four cases. How many cases did we bottle today at the shop, Jen? Um, 60? Yeah. Sixty cases. Sixty cases, which is roughly fourteen hundred bottles of of soda, cherry limeade, and strawberry basil today. Yeah. Jeez. So it's come a long way for sure. Mm -hmm. You guys sound hungry. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a long day. Hungry for hungry for change. Hungry for uh, success. What are we hungry for? 
Are you hungry for change? What you, you've been quite the activist online lately. I yeah, I'm. I'm. I feel like I might be. I might need to just calm down a little bit. But Why? I just. I'm so annoyed with everything going on. This isn't. This podcast isn't about me today. We can t- talk more. But I think Jen and I have been on the same page most of the time. It's just, you know, I don't know. I just get everybody's just the 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 ideas and the way that people, the way that people think about a situation. I'm. I guess I'm. Like a lot of people, I'm seeing it from the other direction. I think a good example is that um, that meme that says, um, "If you're saying um, it's terrible that somebody died, but why do they have to break a bunch of property?" versus saying it's terrible that property is getting destroyed, but lots of people are dying, lots of black people are dying. So it, that's the kind of the idea that's been really annoying to me lately. Is just the I, putting things over people. And I, that's just kind of the narrative yeah. coming from a lot of directions. And yeah, so Jen and I are, have both been moved to be more open and vocal about. <clears throat> I'm non confrontational in general, but like, screw that. It's just dumb at this point that we're still having these same arguments that we ha- we've had for decades about things like people's rights and p- the police and. Um, the conf- Confederate monuments and the prison system and the rebel flag and all this stuff. It's just, it's I'm, it's boring. So let's get the conversation, kick the conversation in the pants a little bit, move it along. Yeah. Let's get to Star Trek level. <laughs> I think about this all the time. It's like people don't, you watch the show. Wasn't that awesome? We don't get there by being where we're at today. We get there by trying new things and shaking the system up and helping people till to, to we all. All, all of our needs are met, which is a utopian dream that probably would never happen. But I've been thinking about that a lot lately. <coughs> I was kind of struck a couple of days ago by how you can attest to this, Ryan. I'm like you, non-confrontational, but I'm also a very fearful person. Like I let fear stop me a lot. Um, yeah, so it's it's a huge um, it's a huge. Thing for me and a lot of my decisions in my life have been daily like big life decisions what it doesn't matter big or small i they've been influenced by fear for many different reasons because i can be afraid of a lot of things at one time um <laughs> the skill she has <laughs> sure. um so but i was just kind of struck by how in the last couple of weeks a lot of my fear has been gone like surrounding all this stuff like there there is i have nothing (coughs) i have absolutely nothing to lose by speaking out for this and i have zero question about where i stand on an issue and i don't know i just we haven't talked about this but that i mean that's literally the change was for me too with this situation like normally i would be like i don't want to say this because i don't want my grandma to get upset or i don't want to say this because i don't want to alienate my conservative friend group or or in some cases the things i say my liberal friend group you know or whatever but at this point it's just like who cares who cares if you upset somebody nobody's going to change if they're not taken out of their comfort zone and i'm not saying that i'm right about everything and i'm I'm not going to speak for you jen but like at some point, I just wasn't afraid or worried about other people anymore. <laughs> Except for the people... I'm afraid and worried for the people who are, you know, dying at the hands Getting of the police. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, we've been having conversations to this effect with friends randomly during whenever we're hanging out that think like us. But 
what is that really doing other than just being frustrated about a situation and being like well i guess we should vote or something like there's really never there's never really an outlet for frustration or like anger or like anything like that beyond the normal like we should vote and message our congressman or whatever you know Mm -hmm. and i feel like there is so much momentum and in it's impossible to ignore anything right now. So I think that... That critical mass that yeah, people talk about. And I think that for me, that was kind of like a, oh, you've always been wondering what you can do and not sure of that. But then also, I don't know, it, it, it feels like, what can I as one person do? And mm-hmm. I feel like right now when everybody is speaking out, like I feel like I actually can add like i'm one more body that makes a crowd look bigger or louder you Mm. know like physically i'm helping and then also me plus all these other people who are sitting at home actually sending or messages or calling their elected officials or having conversations with their parents we had a several hour long conversation with my parents last week that was pretty wild that I never thought we would have had. Yeah, so, that went really well compared to what we anticipated. It was Jen's birthday, and we went over there, and it was like, <clears throat> let's not bring up politics. Let's not bring up COVID-19, because, you know, just whatever you're imagining about typical conservative viewpoints, it's, that's basically where they're at. But, my dad asked me, are you a masker? And I'm like, oh, you have a name for it. Cool. Well, that's funny, because <laughs> a, a, week, a couple weeks before that, Jen, I didn't wear my mask one day, and Jen says, are you an anti-masker? So she, she said the same thing to me. She asked if I was, and I said, no, I just forgot about it. And I knew you were going to call me yeah. that. I'm a, I'm a masker that forgets a lot. Yeah. So, uh, and, I, and then like at work, I've been, I've been using it. If I'm with people, I don't really know. Um, but if, if, it, if it's somebody that I've just been around anyway, I'll just tell them, just go ahead and take <laughs> yeah, I mean, like like you say, like you like to say here, we're all in the same vortex of COVID COVID breath. So if we if one of us has it, it's too late now. Yeah, I wore t- I wore my mask the whole time I was at IKEA yesterday, which included a thirty minute wait to get into the building in line, like two hundred people in line, and then the line to check out after I got all my stuff was another thirty minutes, basically. So IKEA, yeah, we went to IKEA. Remember the IKEA. bed? Yeah, IKEA. But I will say, if you were going to wear your mask anywhere it should absolutely be sometimes, ikea in a yeah. major city sometimes i take my mask off and and or i just like or I forget to put it on when i go to the gas station or whatever and i don't really worry too much about it but yeah just the number of people that weren't wearing anything at all and you know that's when you see i would say probably 40 percent of the people that were there weren't wearing a mask so i was like well it's probably best if i just keep mine on yeah. who knows what these people have got in atlanta like she said a major city like that that's where you got to be worried yeah, More even than Pensacola. You just gotta hope that the mask does some protecting. Yeah, I'm, and I wasn't really worried about me. I'm worried about picking it up and passing it on to somebody else because sure. I'm not super healthy, but I do believe that I'm healthy enough to fight off the disease. I'm not in the risk, the high risk know, category. They say, uh, they say the obese are. What are you, what are you saying about me, sir? <laughs> I am a uh, picture of physical health. Yeah, well, no, that's true. And with heart stuff, I know I have high blood pressure and probably more, you know, as we often say, I can't afford insurance, so I haven't had any kind of a checkup in a few years, so who knows? you got to get pro-health, man. I, I, that 
saved my life a couple of times. What's Pro Health? It's like a, it's like thirty dollars. <laughs> this is not a commercial. This is like my actual health. So tell care. us about the bakery, and then tell us about Pro Health, and let's, yeah. let's get our sponsors out there. Yeah, it's just a, it's a local, um, like it's a couple of doctors that run a clinic that you can go to. It's like thirty dollars a month, and office visits are like twelve dollars, I think. Bro, are you kidding me? I'm totally down to do that. <laughs> it's so What's nice. the phone number for? No, I'm just kidding. But no, that's awesome. Look it uh, up. Yeah, I'll look them up. Pro and, Health Florida. And uh, check that out because I would. We talk a lot about how we'd like to be more proactive about our health and well-being, and you know, it's just hard. It's yeah. h- it's hard when you're anticipating a two hundred dollar doctor's visit just to go see somebody about a checkup or whatever. So if I yeah. could get on something like that, I'd be down. No, it's cool. It's like a. It's like a subscription service. Allie Radabush told me about it. Nice. Sure, and Doug use it. I'm in. I'm sold. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, uh, so let's talk a little bit, a bit more. We can talk more about the protesting if you like, uh, but we also like just to just wanted to say yeah. I am not the picture of model white allyship. I just wanted to say that. I don't have all the answers. I'm not 100% doing the best mm. and greatest stuff right now. Uh, I was just speaking to my own my track record throughout my life i've i don't know i made myself sound like a real joiner and i guess i am but well you're talking about a track record let's just clear up what what your track record with what uh with being vocal or political so in other words you haven't spoken out enough in your opinion yeah I, i feel the same way. and i feel a little guilty about that but i also yeah i mean it's complicated right. um but I'd agree with that. I've been coming, thinking about that a lot this week, thinking about, you know, it's good that our voices are... No, I think it's okay to be openly ignorant about something. Well, to that, just say, yeah. like, I don't know. That don't too. Know I'm just saying, for best. me, I just want to make sure I don't get the... I don't want to get this attitude of, like, the hotshot white ally, whatever, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Uh, I want to make sure that I'm remembering that I, you know, I've been a part of the problem. We're all racist. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. 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 For sure. Uh, Don't say it like that, Jen. You sound like... <laughs> no, I mean, I've spent a lot of time in the past couple weeks, like, literally replaying, like, every, like, terrible joke that I said. You know, like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Ten like years we said ago, earlier, Jen the 90s, was a little... The 90s was wild. But, yeah, I mean, I grew up in the, in the South, but in Northern Virginia, for the most part, in a, a rural area where um, I had a black elementary school teacher... And they moved out to the country. I don't remember having a black classmate until in middle school in Virginia. I didn't see a black person ever out in the the county where we lived in. And uh, so, yeah, even if I wasn't vocal, I I, I didn't consider myself an overt racist back then, but I wasn't correcting anybody else's overt racism. I wasn't, you know, standing up for people or maybe because I just didn't know any of those people. That little graph that's like a triangle that's like, obvious racism like Mm. kkk like fascism oh the triangle yeah yeah uh and then like like the whole like bottom of it like the majority of it yeah is like oh yeah here's all the other ways that you actually are being a racist and i was like yeah a hundred percent like have done at least half of these in my life yeah uh so yeah it's just that urge to always do better and i'm still learning a lot it's crazy growing up thinking that that racism's over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just getting slapped but that's not our fault. No, not at that's all. That's what they taught us. That's what they exactly. told us in school. The, yeah. The history books it's, are We're doing a lot of flawed. unlearning. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And learning about new things that 
I mean, did anybody ever tell you about the Tulsa Massacre when mm-hmm. you were growing up? Never. You know no. what I learned about that? Watchmen. Three weeks ago. Or, yeah, Watchmen. So, like, a couple months ago. Yeah. yeah. I had a book. It was like a like a, somebody wrote a novel, like, from the perspective of, like, somebody who was there in Tulsa during the whole thing unfolding. And it was hard for me because this person was, like, in the novel, like, a couple blocks away from, like, the main action. And they're like, what is going on? And I'm also like what is going on like i this says it's based on a true story like i have zero context and i don't actually remember i don't remember what class i this book was assigned for and i don't remember actually discussing it in a class i think that this book was just assigned or college college and then we never discussed it so the fact that i actually read it which probably only because it was a novel and so i knew it'd be easy to read is the only reason why i actually read this text and that's the only reason why I it's, knew about it's it. It's a crazy story. If you don't know, it's literally uh, it's the 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 first time that bombs were dropped on American soil soil, and they were dropped by American crop dusters on Black Wall Street, a black community in a Tulsa, successful black town. Right yeah, Tulsa. because black people had gotten too powerful, right? Like, had were in more a better socioeconomic position than white people in the area. They right. were too and, equal. Yeah. I think they were growing above equal. That was the problem. Yeah. They, like Shaunsi's saying, they were surpassing, uh, you know, rural whites in that area, I think. Well, and they also didn't need any white person. They were yeah, that was subsistent the on themselves. It. Like, they were their own society. Um, but, yeah. So, but, yeah. Um, I don't remember how we got to the Tulsa thing. Anyway, we're just talking about ways that we oh didn't things that know we were, we were yeah. racist or things that we didn't even know about re-education, history. re-educating, which ourselves. sounds kind of like a concentration camp, but that's not what it is at all. Well, like I remember for like a really light example, like uh, the Black Panther movement and Malcolm X, like we didn't really include that in the whole civil rights movement because that was a little touchy and like. You know, a I little remember, controversial. I remember learning about it, but nothing positive. It yeah, was like exactly. They were fighting for a, a good cause, but they all did it the wrong way, which we're learning now. It, it, they the got case. like a sentence or maybe yeah. a paragraph. It was like, you know, they were a little controversial with how they were trying to do things. Violence is but never look the at answer. MLK. Oh, crap. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, there was always a redirect to MLK for sure. Yeah. But it's good that we're all learning new things and, and taking stands for things that we believe in and being outspoken and demanding at this point i love that we're demanding it's it because that's the thing that you always hear like for me i always hear you know uh you're a citizen these people are your are employed by you by your tax dollars they work for you and i on lots of other issues aside from civil rights and things like that i doesn't it just doesn't seem that way it just doesn't seem like there was any there wasn't enough reason to like quote unquote rise up or or right to a congressman or whatever like i'd l- we'd like uh better water purity Dude, I, in our town i don't know about you guys but i call my congressman all the time i do well, not. you don't like our congressman no i don't <laughs> matt gets i leave him bad messages oh god he deserves I, it mm. yeah he, did you see that he got into it with ron perlman on twitter <gasps> what this is all what? this is all happening right now yeah matt gates and ron perlman have been arguing in the actor <laughs> ron perlman yeah. of hellboy fame yeah that's funny. and matt gates is being like was being like oh it must have been easy for you as a hollywood elite to play a white supremacist and 
Ron Perlman's like, how's it being a white supremacist in real life? <laughs> He's just like coming at, right back at him. And then Ted Cruz got involved in it. And, oh, douchebag convention. And they started talking. And then Ron Perlman's like, wait, is this the same guy who Trump called your wife a dog and your, called your dad an assassin? And and now you just lick his feet or whatever? Yeah. I hate him so much. Yeah. I grew up actually with Matt Getz's uh, father running for all of our local like political offices in Niceville. Niceville. He was like our school superintendent. So like different offices. I've got a friend who's a little bit older than me that we grew up in the same church and she was actually classmates with Matt Getz and she's like, he's been awful since we were kids. Like he is awful. How does I don't like I feel bad he's got an R next to his name. That's it. Yeah, that's that's all he's got going for. Yeah. Other than that he just mimics Trump's policies. He's got his nose that all stupid the way gas up mask. Ass. Yeah, that stupid gas mask stunt yeah. that he did. So I, he's like the young congressman that Trump can call on to do these publicity stunts, and he's so dumb he does them. Yeah, what's that do for our community? Nothing. What is that's a good question. Like aside from our obvious distaste for for his side of the aisle, has Matt Getz done anything for our community? All he's done he, is he brought did. attention to himself. Like maybe like a year or two ago, there was one. This thing. is Jen's job in a relationship. She reigns everything in. <laughs> yeah, and no, no, she there tells was like me one, no, no, one no, he thing. He did that, the weed thing. Yes, that's what it was. Yeah, that was the only and thing. The he weed also thing? he also said that climate change is real. When I can't believe that. I can't he believe did. Papa Trump let him say that. No, he did. He argued that 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 they don't like. He's like climate change is one hundred percent human. Wait, is he is he one of the ones that says climate change is real, but it's not man made? No. He believes in man-made climate yes. change. Okay. I think he was also against the privatization of the beaches, too. Okay. I could so, be wrong about that, but... So, what, so here's a good example so of... That's literally this is, this is the reason why I don't like Trump, and I don't want to talk about good or bad things that Trump's done, but, like, even if Trump had done, or Matt Getz had done good things, I don't even know about him because I can't even stand to look at him because he's such a fucking clown. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I don't like following Trump on media I don't stuff. either. But, like, I follow enough accounts that talk about him yeah. that I see stuff he said. And it's kind of the same with Matt Gates. I don't like I don't like watching his personal feed or anything. But, yeah. I, I but follow you get glimpses, Phil, especially nationally now. Even like Phil Ayer is running for Congress against Matt Gates. It's important uh-huh. to mention. Okay. Sure. Vote for yeah. Phil. I haven't done my research. I, don't, I, I, haven't, I haven't done my research either, but guess what? Vote for Phil. <laughs> He's an Air Force vet. He's a Democratic Air Force vet. He's a good cool. guy. I um, historically have been very apolitical. I uh, registered to vote at 17 and a half in my government class in high school mm-hmm. for extra credit. And that is the only reason. <laughs> I'm not sure when I would have ever registered to vote if that had not been presented to me and made so easy for me. Man, they made it at PCA, Pensacola Christian Academy, where I went to high school. And Jen also went to a Christian Academy type high school. But they made they made like a big deal about how, how like the pro- civic pride and civic duty and like they worked us up into a frenzy but we were all stoked oh it was just to, one of my teachers who did it but um no it was a thing there at pca because they you know they're breeding the young young republicans this there. Go- my government teacher was one of the founders of our school so it yeah. and he was very inspired by pca so that makes a lot of sense why he was that way um but yeah so i registered republican because that's sure that was because you didn't want to get kicked out of your house no, right? that was right. the only like, option when i first met all these people at 902 i used to take them to vote for george bush yeah i remember that <laughs> I, I didn't go with i didn't go that time i wasn't invited but no that was like yeah seriously that was like 2000 and i was all pro bush was that 2006 yes no it was either four or eight 
It yeah. wasn't eight. It was four. Oh, it was one of the so others. in 2004, that was right before I started hanging out there. Yeah, even, you know, I was registered Republican at the time, and I'm sure wherever I was, I voted for Bush one, or Bush two, I mean. Yeah. Because... Uh, because Kerry was such a threat. John Kerry was right. such a threat to the wartime. Do you oh, guys yeah. think about? Do you guys? Do you guys obsess about as much as I do? <clears throat> how easy it would other elections would have been? Like, I don't know. Let me rephrase that oh, question. Take John McCain in a heartbeat right now. Yeah, it's like it used to be that we were Even just it was like by new Sarah details. Palin looks a little less yes. bonkers now that you have Trump in office. Yes. She seems like Lady Trump to me. I think she would have been just as bad, but I don't, you know. But yeah, I mean, like, I think about the, it was McCain and and Palin together, right? Yeah. I think about that ticket, and who were they up against? Obama. That was the Obama election. That was my first election. Obama won. And Romney Ryan was the other one. Right. So, like, I I, I don't think they stood a chance against Obama's. Which is another one. Romney's fucking sane. I'd take absolutely any Republican (laughs) over. Trump and pr- maybe over Biden in some cases too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? no, it's true. I will say though, I was really proud. I'm sorry to divert the conversation, but since we're talking about politics, and uh, you know, we have a Republican uh, conservative-controlled Supreme Court right now, and I was flabbergasted to hear that the Supreme Court voted uh, six to three for rights of LGBTQ and yeah. trans people today uh, in the workplace. Did you hear about that? I did. I read an article about how somebody thinks that Gorsuch, he wrote the wrote the whatever. On right. Um, but the legal thinks, brief or whatever. He thinks that was, because it was like six to three. Mm-hmm. It could have been, you know, four to five. Right. But he Is voted, Gorsuch a, a conservative? He's one of the ones Trump okay. appointed. So it's it was a thing saying that it was basically like was this a spit in the face of the guy that got him elected to the position? Maybe you know I I don't know I didn't get that in depth with it. I was just so overwhelmed with happiness that that they didn't take away the rights of people to have their jobs based on their sexual orientation or gender yeah. or gender decisions or whatever. But oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it'd be yeah, interesting to right. think about that. <laughs> I, I was focusing on the wrong part of the story. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to detract from what that you're saying. That is interesting. I'm, but I'm interested yeah. now in talking about that because. Yeah, you know, I you do see a lot of, especially, not a lot of the base, Republican base, but a lot of the Republican higher-ups are kind of, like, not letting Trump be a puppet master anymore. Lots of generals speaking out against his yes. actions and stuff like that, which is... I just want to know that they're not, that they're not missing this obvious clown show that's happening like i don't know why it's been allowed to i guess in the name of democracy but it was like a slow trickle kind of that got us to this point though where it's like you got a little bit of trump nonsense and then it just kind of it's like a snowball it just kind of grows and grows and, and they just kind of went oh it's just trump that's just how he is yeah and now it's like okay like this guy's talk crazy. about calling in the military have on the seen, citizens have you seen watergate g-a-i-t no where he's walking down the ramp oh. and he needed help yeah. getting down the ramp. I was watching it last night. When he tried to drink the water, he couldn't. He just brought it to his lips and then was just stuck there and had to use his other hand to tilt the glass into his face. That's okay. the second time that's happened. I've on seen, camera. yes, yeah. I've seen weird Trump trying to drink from a bottle. Does he only drink out of straws in private or something? I don't understand. Are, are your arms that weak? Is, does he have a medical condition? I, I just know. don't maybe, know. Maybe he has like a bulletproof vest on or something under his clothes. But even still, you would think he could drink a... I think that's all Trump. That well, fluff is all Trump. But, but I don't if, know. If I mean, if people can be in combat and bulletproof vests and have plenty of dexterity, why can't Trump? Sure. Well, Trump's... 
Trump doesn't know much about being in the military, so he would never train. Snap. No, that's a military. That's a Vietnam dodge joke. If you're listening, fuck you. Hey, Trump, if you're listening, call in. Talk to us about what you're feeling, what you're thinking. Help us understand. Shoot us a tweet. I was going to say, at least, at least, tweet about it. Yeah. Let us know. You know, at this point, I wouldn't be surprised. No, there's if all he, kinds of stuff yeah, happening. Because he, he, he literally will just pick a needle in a haystack Momentum. so many times. Yeah. Um, Do you think that, um, this is something that I've been thinking about over the last couple of weeks, honestly, I'm a little ashamed to admit how much thought I've been dedicating to it, but do you think that the views for the television show Law and Order have gone up since he has been tweeting and talking about Law and Order so much because all I can hear in my head when he is like all caps Law and Order is dum 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 I don't even know what you're talking about I literally avoid really? okay I, so like he Shanti just said I only see what other like the most inflammatory things all the other minor bullcrap I I can't handle well it. when he was basically practically <laughs> declaring a police state in the country mm-hmm. he was like kept saying Law and Order and that like five oh, minute okay, Rose Garden okay. address like a week or two I ago. I thought you meant he was referencing the show Law and Order. No, no, no that's tweets. what I'm saying is that gotcha. he hasn't. Yeah. It's like his new favorite phrase. You know, he likes to get stuck on a phrase. That's mm-hmm. a dog whistle back to the Nixon administration. There's yeah. so much of that going on right now. It's crazy. Yeah. That The whole, uh, what was the big one a few weeks ago where he was, oh, when the looting starts, the shooting starts, yeah. you know, stuff like that. It's just like, man, yeah. how can... Dog whistles. Is it really impossible for any staff member to penetrate his psyche and help him understand, or does, or are they all saying keep it up because that's how you keep your base? I just don't know. Don't okay, know. so speaking to that, that same address that I was referencing in that he did in the Rose Garden, I think like shortly, like on the same day that he might have done that whole like stupid church thing. Um, it the stupid was, church thing being him tear gassing some protesters and, and running them off and then having op. a photo op. Okay, gotcha. yeah. I just want to make sure we're um, talking about the same thing. Yep, mm-hmm. 100%. <laughs> That's the one. That's um, the one. It was honestly the most presidential he'd ever sounded to me, and it was that alone was unsettling. Sure. And so I was like, oh, is he actually, is he actually going along with the speechwriter? There was definitely like a moment like a whole mm. solid minute in the middle of the whole thing where I was like, you're off book now. Like I can yeah. tell the shift. But like, other than that, like, even though I didn't agree with a lot of things they were saying, I was still like, the tone is a whole lot more even keeled than it usually is when he's speaking. So it was weird. It's a, it's a, it's a wild time to be alive. Yeah. I just can't wait for someone with decorum to be back in the office. You know, yeah, I don't understand. I, I just don't. Like the point of politics, you is can to like see tr- both sides right. of something and to come to a compromise to work together somehow. Yeah, so and that, I will say that the Democrats aren't doing a great job of that either. So it's not just on one side of the aisle, but you know. I've always thought it's weird when people are vehemently against political correctness because all it means is not offending people. Especially, okay, that was my big thing when this whole that was the thing that really started turning me sour a couple of years ago was like the people who cl- claim to be the religious right, the evangelical Christians in this country. Are, are all have a problem with the, like one of the most basic tenets of the Bible: be kind to your just neighbor, just loving people, just love yeah. people Regardless. no matter what. Yeah, you know, you got Jesus at the well being nice to the prostitute, and like the only person that she's met in years that treated her like a person. But I don't know; they just it, it, it's so weird to me that that's completely lost on this entire group of people. Yeah, they don't care. They love to call call names, and now 
I will say everybody's calling names at this point, but I don't know, man. It's wild. But you're listening to the political chat. Let's divert this away from politics. Like my blood pressure's going up. <laughs> um, I did want to ask you the question that we ask, you know, which is um, doers, makers, movers, shaker. What do you consider yourself? What combination of those three things? Do you, mover. I consider mover and shaker a phrase, one thing. So what, what, what do you consider well, that's yourself? new. What if someone's just a mover? Like they literally move people's stuff. If you're a mover and you'd like to be on the podcast, hit us up at, at Potsicola. Or what if somebody's a dancer and they do a lot of shaking? Okay, well then they will be the exception to the rule. If or they're sh- a, if you're a bartender. <laughs> if you're Shakira and you're listening. I don't Please, Shakira, speaking of the 90s, come hang out. We'll put you on the show. We'll help your resurgence. Mm-hmm. She don't need us after that Super Bowl halftime show. She's fine. Yeah, she's fine. So, what do you? What do you? How do you think about yourself? So fine. You're not wrong. Um, I don't know. Probably a maker. I'm a soda maker. Mm-hmm. Soda maker. Jen is responsible. Um, she puts each bubble in every big drink. Yeah, mm-hmm. with her mouth. By hand. She blows it in. With, boop, you use a straw. With a straw. Yeah. Do this. It's been very difficult to keep that sanitary during the time of COVID. <laughs> Don't worry though. We're following the FDA guidelines. Y'all shut up. Um, <laughs> are yeah. there guidelines? I'm pretty sure the I'm guidelines gonna, are do not do that. She we wears, got a, you know, She wears a mask with the yeah. Blows the, the straw. <laughs> yeah. She's got to cut a little hole in the mask to put the straw in. But yeah, other than that. Um, no, but, uh, <laughs> you know, Jen was responsible for several of our most successful flavor choices yeah. at Big Jerk. Um, I think it might have been my idea to make the ginger beer, but, like, for sure, the lavender lemonade, uh, cherry limeade, and pineapple upside-down cake were solely your brain children. Oh, man, the pineapple upside-down cake is probably my favorite. It was our solid bestseller for almost a year until Blueberry Peach kind of oh, overtook uh, it. But now, you know... Those two are pretty much even keel. They're money makers for us, for sure. People love them. But yeah, so anyway, you're definitely a maker. I agree with that statement. Not that it matters if I agree or not. But. Sometimes she shakes them up. Yeah. We kind of we don't shake our kegs so much like we used to. In the yeah, my elbows but went bad in that first year. If you'd asked me this two years ago, I'd have been like, absolutely a shaker. Keg, keg shaker. shaker. Yeah. What do you see for yourself, um, you know, for the future? What's the future of, of your business or your plans? What else would you like to do? I don't know. I mean, I was actually thinking about that a lot recently. Um, like I said earlier, I love milestones or like big dates and stuff like that. Um, Is that why you date Ryan? Big dates. Ah! <laughs> um, we don't go. We don't date that often anymore. Oh. <laughs> busy life. Keep it alive. She looks so sad right now. Yeah. We dated days. a week ago. That's true. We went out for Jen's birthday. You forgot nice about date. her date already. And we had a good conversation. It was great. You're welcome. I that was intentional. Well, didn't you ask? You asked me some stuff basically along the lines of this. Yeah. I don't remember what I answered. Don't worry about what you answered then. What do you feel now? Well, okay. So yeah, I turned thirty a week ago. So it's like a big date, 30. a big milestone. But honestly, I feel like when I turned 29 last year, everybody made a bigger deal out of that than anybody has made about 30. And I to think to be fair, your 30th birthday got kind of cut true by COVID. True. But I feel like everybody was like, Oh, your last, your last year of your twenties. And it was like a whole thing. And I'm like, 
I don't give a shit about turning 30. Like, it's not the end of my life. I'm not scared about that. That's Um, not a narrative I got behind either. Like, the whole, oh, 30, it's over. No, no. Wait till you get to 40. Yeah, I am. I'm very close now. Just a couple years away. You're not that close. Two and a half. I'm I'm closer to 42 than you are to 40. All right, you win. That's true. Less than a month. Less than a month. Oh, that's right. Born on the 4th of July. Yeah. Sweet. But yeah, so I spent like the last year, I guess, just kind of mulling over the fact that there's a milestone approaching and now having reached that milestone. Um, but yeah, I feel like some of that reflection was like, what's happening in my life? What do I do? And I don't know. I kind of never knew. So I'm just aimlessly wandering from one thing to the next, I suppose. Well, that's not good to hear, uh, considering that I need <laughs> well, your no. focus and attention on our business. Well, no, no, I mean, what well, we were kind of referenced earlier, that Big Jerk is... A vehicle. A vehicle yeah. for the next thing, whether that's we separate from the vehicle or whether we keep going along with it for the rest of our lives, but still use it to make other things happen. That's been the nice thing about Big Jerk from my perspective, and you can tell me how you feel about that, but like knowing that I like it enough that I can... I literally, especially with the new shop and stuff, it's such a cool new chapter for Big Jerk. And I know I could do this for another couple decades if I wanted to, mm-hmm. but I also know that I wouldn't turn down the right amount of money for somebody to buy it from us. Absolutely. But the right amount of money is a lot. So don't worry, y'all. They're going to have to come correct if they want to take Big Jerk <laughs> away from us. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't know. Used to, I had a, got my bachelor's in history from UWF. And that was such a huge part of my identity for a long time. But then, I don't know, to have a career in history, you need a lot of school. And finding a job in the history field is kind of depressing. And when you do actually get one, it doesn't really pay anything. Yeah, you're basically a park ranger, right? Yeah. Or a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. It's just That's what her dad said she had to be. Well, that's what I wanted to do because that's all I thought I could do with a history degree. I liked history. I had good history teachers, and I wanted to be the cool history teacher for other people um, because I thought that was the only thing I could do that was history-related. But, yeah, and then I found out there's a whole world about museums and preservation, and that's where my interest and my heart really lies. You're talking about when they come alive at night, right? Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, the Night Watch is definitely where to be on that. Teddy Teddy (laughs) Roosevelt. Yeah. Yeah. So, so in, as an aspiration for, let's say Big Jerk ended tomorrow for some reason, and you had to choose something to do next, without, don't, don't, let's pretend you don't have to worry about you know, the, the consequences of finances and things like that. I was about that. to say, does Big Jerk end with a check? Because mm-hmm. that influences. Yeah, sure. So let's say that there's an infinite amount of money. Yeah, right. Um, right. Enough money that you don't have to worry for, let's say, five years, and you can do any job you want. What would you do? Um, so... Honestly, my idea hasn't changed too much. Well, I don't know. I'm still kind of torn. I've always loved the idea of being a park ranger. I've also always loved the idea of working behind the scenes in a museum with artifacts and archival materials. Hmm. So I thought about getting a master's in library sciences or public history. Well, the way it works. Or. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Just leaning into the environmental thing, which is a passion of mine. Hmm. And one of the few things that oh, I it's do first time get, hearing of it. Oh, shut up. One of the few things that I do get a little political about is protecting the environment. So 
I've been leaning more towards if I were to go back to school to get my master's in some sort of environmental degree and then leaning into the park ranger thing. Yeah, that'd be cool. And the way it works in our relationship is the first big thing was Jen's with the 100 Years Tour, and then the Big Jerk was kind of my baby. And so when Big Jerk's over, she gets to choose what we do next. So Going back to college, it sounds like. Yeah. I wonder what I'll do while she goes back. Should I go back to college, too? Should I get my finish my, my work in psychology and research? Maybe. I don't hmm, know. Interesting. Well, well, that sounds so boring. Now we're Not to me. I loved the research side of psychology. It was so interesting to me. I think we need it now more than ever. Yeah. Understanding why people think the way they do. And, and then you can get a job with your new degree in the new... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Um, the new program that will be established when we defund some of the police and redirect it towards oh, yeah. helping. I could be some sort of a social worker, some sort of a you know a counselor for, for people in trouble. I'd, I'd or be on some sort, of, some sort of board member. Or a first like responder. Yeah, but you like not the kind with a gun or a, or a medical degree for sure. Yeah, mental health first responder would be a good way to go. Fun stuff. I love. I would love to see those changes. So if I if there was any way I could be a part of it, I would I would appreciate the opportunity to do that. All right. Well, defund the police. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not first. No, definitely not first. If you haven't heard that yet, you're not uh, you're not really on the internet much, I guess. But um, or outside. Yeah. Driving past it's not as, in your city. It's not as scary as it sounds the first time you hear it. Mm-hmm. I think it's a bad PR campaign for, for the, <laughs> like, you could have, but I saw, I did see a funny meme that said, um, decentralized monetary, and it is like a huge long paragraph about what it means. It's like, wasn't as easy to say as defund the police, so it's just not, do some research and shut up about chant. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, not as easy to chant. So, I, I you know, but, you know, maybe knocking people off of their thought process right off the bat is a good way to start the conversation and kind of get people thinking outside the box because I think that's helpful. Well, get to thinking, y'all. Yeah, get to thinking. Thanks for listening to the Potsicola podcast. Jen's got to do her plugs. Jen, what do you want to plug? This is your time. Let me finish my plugs. Oh, go ahead. (laughs) So if you're on Twitter, we're at Potsicola. And if you're on Gmail, it's Podsicola at Gmail. And if you're on Facebook, we have a Podsicola Facebook as well. Mm-hmm. And let us know that you're listening, and let us know what you want to hear, and let us know if you're enjoying it. We don't. I think we have a review section on Apple Music, Spotify. I imagine Spotify. I don't know if Spotify does reviews. <coughs> uh, SoundCloud probably does too. But we are on Spotify now. If you want to listen to us in between your music listenings. I, jump over there. I left a five-star review for Podsicola just last week. Thank and that's you. why I'm on this podcast yeah. today. Yeah. This is the quid pro you quo. buy your way in. Yeah. yeah. So if you want to be on the show, leave us a good review. We'll get back to you. I didn't write anything. I just <laughs> put five stars. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, hit us with some plugs, Jen. What do you want to plug? Well, Big Jerk Soda, of course. How do we find Big Jerk Soda? Follow us at Big Jerk Soda on Instagram or Facebook. Um, you can also come by our physical location that we recently opened up this year, which we're very excited about. Oh yeah. We, we didn't mention that, but, uh, we have officially, we were a walk up only 
for a while and we've officially reset the dining room so with limited seating and social distancing and stuff like that so you can come to the cafe uh by the time you're hearing this the cafe will be back open again you can come sit inside out of the heat since it's so bad out but just you know be cool man don't touch anybody don't touch stuff you don't have to touch don't breathe on your neighbor bring your hand sanitizer yeah we'll have some there too if you need it to nine east gregory street Right on. And uh, we could probably send them to the 100 Years Tour stuff as well if you wanted to check out. There's a few blog posts and some funny misadventures on our website, uh, the100yearstour.com. If you're very interested in forts, there's a blog post called What the Fort? One and Two. One the, what the Fort Part One and Two. <laughs> and let me tell you, it's a scorcher. It's a, it's a hot read. And uh, do yourself a favor. Read the story of how we got stuck in the middle of nowhere in Georgia. That's a fun one, too. Yeah. <laughs> Never again. You almost got eaten by coyotes. Don't worry about it. And anyway, the flies. The, oh, the flies were worse. Yeah. Thanks, y'all, for listening. We appreciate you. Again, yeah. you know where to find us. Hit us up. Talk to us. We'll see you next time. See you next week. This episode of The Gulf Abides is sponsored by Matt Getz. The only good thing he's ever done in his life.